Hello, and welcome to this episode of Two Worlds, One Country, a show on WEHC and WISEYs, and also on the podcast universe, the show where we explore the underlying causes of the rural-urban divide and lots of other divides, and talk to people who are doing something about it. Today's segment is with someone who's become a close friend and colleague over the last three years, Skip Halpern from Page County, Virginia. This is the second in a series we are doing on a new initiative called Community Works. Last week, we had the opportunity to speak with Meredith Dean, who is spearheading the effort broadly across Virginia and North Carolina. Today, we'll get to talk to Skip, who is at the front edge of the Ruby Community Works wave that is taking over the world. So good morning, Skip. Good morning, Anthony. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You're not a you're not a Page County boy. So tell us a little bit about where you were raised, how you were raised, and then what got you into Page County. Sure. Uh, well, I'm increasingly a Page County boy as the years go by. I grew up in Massachusetts. I ended up in Washington, D.C. in my early 20s. My wife and I have been paying taxes out here for about 40 years at this point. I'm married, have a couple of grown kids, several grandchildren. And actually, the first time my wife and I left downtown Washington after our daughter was born, we ended up in West Virginia and saw an ad for some land for sale in Page County near the Shenandoah River. And uh, we ambled over here and uh, 45 minutes later, quaking in my boots, I signed and we signed a contract to buy this land. And so here we are. Wow. What year was Um, that? What year was that, Skip? That was 1983. So it's literally 40 years. Wow. That's interesting because I came to Southwest Virginia in 1985. I had been in eastern Kentucky before that for a while, in eastern and central Kentucky, and Uh then ended up coming. So we sort of arrived in the region uh, around the same time. What what did you do in D.C.? What was your career? My my career has actually progressed in several stages. Um, I like to say at this point I'm a recovering lawyer. Um, I began uh, in the field doing a very specialized type of litigation involving how the people in charge of uh, pension funds, 401k plans, retiree medical funds, um, actually invest or improperly invest the money. Um, I worked for the U.S. Department of Labor, which enforces the federal law that governs that. I worked for a private law firm, uh, labor side law firm. Um, and then I eventually migrated to purely the investment side and got into investment advisory work just for institutional investors, which basically meant union pension funds, public pension funds like the Virginia Retirement System, corporate pension funds and 401ks and retiree medical, hmm. mostly domestic, some international. Um, I found it very exciting, wide range of clients and situations, everything from Major League Baseball players and National Hockey League for their uh, pension funds to Teamsters, governments in China, Thailand, et cetera. Wow. Wow. Um, 
So you've kind and of it was very. I found it very exciting. Yeah, excuse me for interrupting. You've kind of been a uh, on the side of the working man and woman and the ordinary person for the most for most of your career. Yeah, it, it's it's really true. Yeah, that's, that's great. So tell us a little bit about Page County. A lot of our listeners won't know much about it. Page County is in the northern but western part of Virginia, not far from the West Virginia border. The Shenandoah River, the South Fork, is the uh, defining characteristic, I'd say. It's actually very similar to the place in upstate New York where my wife grew up. Hmm. Uh, very rural, very small population. It's 24,000 people, and it takes about an hour to drive from north to south in this county. It's quite poor. It's uh, very solidly white, very agricultural I'd say limited job opportunities, limited uh, local health care, very dependent on tourism, um, and a lot of people from northern Virginia closer to Washington and D.C. itself flock here several months a year. It voted, and this is not an exaggeration, 80 percent for Mr. Trump in the year 2020. Right. So As we did- are a... I'm sorry, I was going to say, as did uh, 14 of the 24 counties in Virginia's 9th District, which is just to the south wow. and west of you. Yeah, I, right, I didn't right. know that. So let's use yes. that, that kind of startling mm-hmm. statistic to talk a little bit about your role uh, with the Page County Democratic Committee. So you've been the chair of the committee for a little bit. And uh, that's how you and I first connected when we went through right. some of the Ruby trainings on the rural-urban divide. But what's your perspective on why do Democrats and liberals fare so poorly? Why is there so much uh, hostility or resentment from a lot of your neighbors in Page County? Or, or maybe there's not. What is your sense of that? There is and there is not. It's both. It, it varies. And it's obviously a very complex answer to that question. We can just scratch the surface, but in my opinion, at least, the basic problem results from what I think fairly is a lack of understanding from both sides looking at each other, and maybe some limited understanding about what each side really stands for or should stand for. Uh, Democrats are villainized or demonized here to a considerable extent. But I think some of our wounds are self-inflicted also. Mm -hmm. Um, In in my mind, there's a really pivotal concept operating here. And that is for each individual, what's that person's impression of government? Is government a force for interference and oppression? uh, Or is government somehow on the affirmative side something of a facilitator? And interestingly... Uh, Many people who view government as uh, interference and oppression, uh, whether they admit it to themselves or not, benefit greatly from government, whether it's on the federal, state or local level. Uh, So ultimately, you know, it's a psychological and cultural phenomenon, I think. One aspect of that in my mind is uh, did you grow up in a heavily populated area? greater population density, more diversity with different pressures and opportunities than in a place like Page County. So you said, as part of your answer there about the differences or the the um, alienation between 
uh, liberals and local people that some of the bad rap that Democrats and liberals have is self-inflicted. Give me an example or two of what you mean by that. How, how have we shot ourselves in the foot, as it were? Yeah, I, I think critiquing people left of center, I think frequently can be just as guilty of stereotyping people who are right of center as people on the right can be guilty of stereotyping or caricaturizing people on the left. Um, I think there can be consciously or unconsciously uh, an attitude of superiority from city people uh, and not an appreciation of uh, admittedly perhaps different values and different strengths um, associated with living in a place like Page County. Um, And it works both ways. And I don't mean to be one of those uh, everybody's equally guilty on both sides. Uh, because uh, this is a longer conversation, but I find the behavior of uh, at least the far-right Republicans to be a whole lot more problematic than the equivalent on the left. But just in terms of attitudes, I think that uh, people on the left could learn a bit also, not just people on the right needing to learn a a bit. Right. And I'm going to make a little editorial comment. You also mentioned at the beginning of your answer, prior answer, that <clears throat> the view of government was a big part of the dividing line. And it seems to me that Democrats are associated as the party of big government and Republicans the party of small government. Now, that, in fact, doesn't always play out exactly that way. Uh, President Trump and other Republican presidents have expanded government powers and government reach at times, but at least from a branding point of view, and in some cases from an actual practice, um, liberals and Democrats have the uh, reputation as being the party that thinks government fixes everything. And I think there's no question that working class folks and people in a rural area, by and large, don't want that. They want local solutions. They want bottom-up kinds of solutions to whatever problems they have. Even people, as you say, who are quite dependent on the government, whether it's Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, whatever, still kind of resent government intrusion in any dependence, I would say. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move into the decision that Page County made a little more than a year ago to begin adopting community works as one of the strategies. We've talked about community works with Meredith Dean last week, so we don't really need to go into much about it itself. Hopefully listeners will have uh, heard the prior segment, but some won't. So why don't you say in 30 seconds or less, if you can, what, how, how would you describe community works to somebody who doesn't know anything about it? I'd say it's a genuine community or civic-oriented effort for local Democrats to roll up their sleeves and get more involved in in local activity. And I think there are probably two levels to it, one ostensible, the other uh, following on the heels. Um, The ostensible is what I just described, visibly being involved in work that benefits the overall community in a nonpartisan sense. And what hopefully follows from that is an improved image and improved visibility for local Democrats. Hey, they're not so bad after all. They bring some ideas and energy to this community. 
right. you're not demonic after all. <laughs> well, the jury's still out on you and the demon uh, part, Skip. So I'll, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not ready to commit. That's either, true. Either way. So that's that's, a, that's an excellent description. Um, so we, you're talking about rolling up your sleeves to do non-political work, not not rolling up your sleeves to go out in the community and knock on doors and stump for a candidate, but but rolling up your sleeves to actually do stuff that benefits the community. And so that's what that's part of the journey that Page County and the Page County Democratic Committee have embarked on. So so tell us, was it a hard sell with the Page County Democratic Committee to try this as a way to, as you say, do good things in the community, but also change the way people view you? Did, did you get strong support from your fellow committee members? Yeah, like a lot of things, the answer is yes and no. Yes, it was a hard sell, and no, it was not a hard sell. Let me take the latter first. Um, in theory, it was an easy sell. I mean, it's a little bit like uh, motherhood and apple pie. Mm -hmm. Who is going to object to getting involved in genuine, good faith, local community action as a principle? The harder part was an initiative which, uh, as it turns out, is very much in the spirit of community works. And we started doing before we had things crystallized and funded through your organizations, Anthony, um, a specific case which was a very hard sell surprisingly to me, but we got it accomplished. And that was a scholarship program, which we organized for graduating high school students. Um, and that's a whole nother story, but there were a whole host of concerns and opposition within our own group from various angles to instituting that. Okay. So that's, that's I another story. I, well, it's, it's another story, but I want it, I want you to tell part of it here, because I think that's Something that I'll tell you, when I'm talking about community works all over the country, I talk about the Page County Democratic Committee scholarship as a as a fine example. So I want you to speak a little bit about where that resistance came from. But tell us first about what actually happened. Like, what is it and how is it designed? Yes. And actually, how it is designed very closely interrelates with what the initial concerns were. Okay. And with some people, continuing concerns. Um, this is designed uh, very consciously in coordination with a pre-existing 501c foundation in this county. Uh, like many counties across the country, there is a, a school education foundation. And because it is uh, independent of us, the way we decided to structure our program was to spearhead an effort as opposed to funding it, which is to say we encouraged our members and other people across the community to make individual direct tax-deductible contributions to the uh, Page County Education Foundation. We were able to put our name on the scholarship that the foundation administered, uh, it's Page County Democratic Committee scholarship fund and in honor of a, a person who lived here years ago since deceased. We were able to identify the criteria for the winners, um, criteria like genuine financial need, planning to go either to a technical school, two-year community college, or four-year school. However, the foundation selected the winners using those criteria. None of the criteria 
was partisan. There was no requirement to be a Democrat, no requirement concerning how you or your family votes. And we raised money from primarily from Democrats, but not only Democrats. Again, when I say we raise money, flowing directly to the foundation. Final thing I'll say is the Page County Democratic Committee as an entity did not contribute. Okay. We were the spearhead okay. of the effort. So individual members did, as did other people across the community. And the, sub- the substance of it is there's a scholarship available to one student each year at both high schools, right? Both, uh, correct. Both one, high schools. One at each. One at each. And what's yes. the amount? Uh, $2,000 each. So you you raised, you successfully raised $4,000. And is that something you hope to make an annual thing? Is that the plan? Yes. Yes. And we put on a big push the first year. We actually have squirreled away acorns for next year already. Nice. And uh, just to be explicit, some of the concerns were, oh, we don't want to be injecting politics into the public schools. And we shouldn't be so elitist. Um, it can't be just four-year colleges. Um, and we can't be selecting people because uh, then we'll be accused of favoring just Democrats. So we neutralized all of those by carefully constructing this. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's fabulous. So uh, how has it gone? Um, it's gone very well. We have an annual dinner, and uh, we decided to invite the two students and their families who won the scholarships this year Uh, They loved attending that session, and actually we had Ann Holton, former Secretary of Education of Virginia, um, as part of the theme, emphasizing public education at the dinner. So that was just icing on the cake. And it was a great bridge also to a natural constituency, public school teachers in this county. And the public schools are the single biggest employer, last time I looked, um, in this county. So everything sort of synced up well together in terms of scholarship, public education, teachers. And it's a genuine democratic central value. So it wasn't just fabricated or put on. Yeah, yeah. And and you seem to have hit all of the kind of goals of community works in the way you've structured it and what you've done. You you have addressed a significant local concern, and, you, and you're going to do it in an ongoing way with the scholarship at the two schools. You have raised the capital, the funds for it, from across the community, not some wealthy outside donor. You have put this the Democratic name on the scholarship, but removed really any possible perception that you're somehow manipulating things behind the scenes because you've invested the whole process in this local community foundation, including the people who select the winners. So you've really done it. And then in celebrating the winners, you're bringing the whole community together. That's, it's, it's terrific. It's just congrats on that. Yeah, it, it, does, it, it is all of the above. It's a good way to summarize it. Nice. So let's let's talk about um, community works. You you were doing the scholarship before, as you said, Ruby had raised sufficient funds to actually launch the pilot project that Meredith and I discussed last week. Now you're one of the four counties in Virginia in the pilot project. Tell us a little bit more about either some other activity that you've done or kind of what's next. What are one or two things on the agenda for the community works in Page County? Yes. Um, 
Well, first, a preliminary point. I've tried to make it clear to our group that we not only can, but need to walk and chew gum at the same time, which is to say community works is a major emphasis, but at the same time, we've got to be on a second track as well, which is continuing the partisan work and campaign support, especially because there's always an election season in Virginia. Having said that, we're exploring through a local nonprofit uh, recreation center that serves young kids, teenagers, young adults, even parents in Luray, which is the biggest town in the county, uh, a tutoring program. And like many, I think, rural democratic committees, our demographic, just our committee is relatively old. I'm a good example of that. <laughs> and we're trying to turn what in many ways is a negative into a positive because a lot of people have had long careers have some sort of experience and expertise they can bring to the table. And we're hoping some of them, uh, present company included, will get involved tutoring at this rec center. They really want that. The center really wants and needs it. And it seems like a natural yeah. for us. Is that um, is that already <clears throat> up and running at some level, this tutoring program? Or would it be a new initiative that you're joining forces with the rec center? Uh, the rec center does some amount of, I call it life skills teaching mm -hmm. already. This would be uh, significantly expanding it in terms of the subject matters addressed and the people doing the tutoring. And actually, you touch on a real key thing, Anthony, probably like other organizations involved with community works. Our basic criteria are, is there a genuine community need? Is it feasible for us to address it? And how likely will the impact be significant? And on the feasibility, partnering with pre-existing organizations seems a whole lot more sensible than starting things from whole cloth. Right. And I think uh, Ruby's been encouraging that. And I think it's that partnering, whether it's with the rec center or a civic organization like Rotary or with the Methodist Church, you know, it, it not only makes it more feasible that you'll get stuff done, but it also seems to me it puts the Democratic Committee in a better position, which is to be a partner right out of the gate rather than the boss or the leader or the... Because I think one of the negative perceptions of us is we think we're such experts. We, there is a, a fellow I quote in the Rural Urban Divide Training who's running a political organization in Texas who says to, to Democrats and liberals, remember, you're not Google. You don't know every damn thing. And, <laughs> and sometimes we come across that way and even maybe think that a little bit. So partnering puts you in a kind of mutual position rather than a lead position right out of the gate. I, th I think that's really smart. Cool. So let's let's go on from that. So you have that. Are there any other projects that you're sort of pondering that you'd want to share? We've got a couple of minutes still uh, to go. We could talk about that. I, I do want to come back around to impacts before we before we call it. But are there any others in the pipeline that you all are pondering? Uh, yes, there are. One is at this same rec center. Uh, they include a food program to a lot of the school kids, and we're exploring the possibility of periodically, for example, twice a year, collaborating with local grocery stores and hopefully 
getting substantial contributions of excess food, still very edible and safe uh, and nutritious, but available to be contributed to the rec center. And we would sort of be the organizer and conduit for that. Nice. Um, another nice. is the uh, Shenandoah River. The South Fork is a real gem here. And like a lot of communities, um, on the one hand, the Board of Supervisor has a comprehensive plan to supposedly preserve the rural character and natural beauty of this place. And it is spectacular. But on the other hand, a lot of unwanted economic development, some of which threatens the quality of the river. So one idea is to see if we can team up with high school students interested in science and, and biology in particular, who could help test water quality in the river um, with a pre-existing uh, nonprofit that does exactly that. Mm -hmm. So they'd be learning some really important skills around conservation and environmental stewardship. Well, that's, exactly. that's great. Well, I'm sure there'll be more because you're in this for the next two years, uh, along with your, your fellow counties in Virginia and pretty soon um, sister counties in North Carolina. So that's all very exciting. So let's, let's talk about what you see. Now, the pilot project is two years. And, and changing the way we see each other, not just the way our more conservative neighbors see us, but the way we see them. That's, you know, that's going to take a while. Two years is, is a blip in, in the, the 30 or 40 years it's taken for us to get to this point of severe polarization and animosity. And yet, we're hopeful that we will make an impact in two years. So I'm going to ask you an even more ridiculous question was, have you seen any impacts on the way we see our neighbors or they see you in just a few months, just the, the months you've created the scholarship and begun reaching out? I would say that impact might be too dramatic, but promising early indications would be justified. And, and I'm thinking very specifically about a few aspects ooh, in saying that. One is there is a small group of younger people here both voters as well as uh, elected officials who are truly independent, political independence, very either bipartisan or nonpartisan, very oriented towards solutions as opposed to labels, mm -hmm. um, including people on town council, board of supervisors, school board. And an operation like Community Works is just a natural bridge to a closer relationship with those people. And uh, they really are very thoughtful, very active, and this is just the natural. And I think very, very good things can come of that over time. Are you we, saying, we let, also, me, let me just clarify yeah, with go you. Ahead. Are you saying that some of those folks that fall into that group of kind of civic-minded but nonpartisan, are they... Have you found them to be interested in community works or interested in getting involved? Yes and yes. Cool. Excellent. And, and, and also, and this is not unique to Page County, a lot of people, in my anecdotal experience, a lot of people in their 20s and 30s are either very cynical about traditional party politics or, or uh, just disengaged from it. Right. But when it comes to something that's more nonpartisan and community oriented, they're especially if it's concrete, are interested in getting involved. So I think in terms of getting 
building bridges, again, your metaphor, to younger people around here, which is the future. This is a very good, very good approach. And I'm seeing early indications of that. That's exciting. That's very exciting. We're going to have to wrap up now because we're, we're out of time. But you're just at the beginning and already uh, forming partnerships with nonpartisan local community organizations like the Rec Center, um, getting interest from the exact audience we need, younger people, people who are not particularly thrilled with either political party but want to do good stuff. This is, this is what it's all about. And so my hat's off to you, Skip, and to the whole Page County Democratic Committee. We're going to be interacting quite a lot over the next couple of years, and then we'll step back at that point and see what it's all added up to. So in the meantime, again, thank you so much for being on Two Worlds, One Country today, Skip. Thank you very much, Anthony. Good questions. Great. So this has been Two Worlds, One Country on WEHC and WISE-FM, and I'm your host, Anthony Flacavento. See you next time.